I'm Pastor Jason, and welcome to worship brought to you from Schweitzer United Methodist Church. We are so glad that you've joined us in worship today. We're excited about the fact that we've got a new sermon series called Seek First. We're going to be looking at the words of Jesus, where he talks about the passions that we have in our hearts and what passions the Lord wants us to put at the front of the line because they lead us into the ways of life. We're excited about this sermon series, Seek First. If you're new with us today, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us. If you hit the little check-in button, there'll be a link and you can follow that. We'd love to send you a, a gift card, a way of saying thanks for joining us today. And now let's listen to Stephanie as she tells us about some ways that we can connect and engage here at Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and here's what's going on at Schweitzer this week. If you've been attending for a while and are interested in learning more about the church, we'd invite you to attend our all-in virtual gathering. On Tuesday, November 10th at 6 p.m., you can meet the pastors, ask questions, and learn more about our mission, vision, and history. Find out more and sign up at sumc.co slash allin. We have much to be thankful for as a church, and this month we're inviting you to join in the spirit of Thanksgiving by sharing non-perishable items with students at our local elementary school, Pittman. These items will be collected from November 12th through the 24th to fill backpacks that will go home with the students during the holiday season. You can find out the complete list at sumc.co slash 12 days. Also during this time, we're challenging you to share someone or something you're thankful for on your social media. Do this by using the hashtag 12 days and tagging Schweitzer. And Christmas is right around the corner. With that, we have many opportunities for you to serve. Specifically from December 20th through the 23rd, we'll be hosting outdoor carols and candlelight services here on campus. With that, we'll need parking lot attendants, hot chocolate servers, and photographers. And on Christmas Eve itself, we'll have opportunities all day long for hosts to make our online guests feel welcome. More about that in the coming weeks, but for now, you can check out sumc.co slash Christmas for more details. Thanks, Stephanie, for letting us know how we can connect and engage what God's doing in our world and through Schweitzer. As we get ready to worship, we'd encourage you to take a moment. You can use the chat button, the prayer button. There's somebody who'd love to pray with you if you're worshiping with us live. And now KJ's gonna lead us in a song of worship.
coming to a time of prayer. And one of the things that prayer is all about is us hearing the Lord speak. Recently, when I was with a group going through the Jesus is Greater Field Guide to Colossians, one of the prayers just spoke. It was like, it wasn't a prayer that I was speaking, but the Lord was speaking back into my life. And all of us, don't we? We want to have a conversation with the Lord where the Lord speaks to us. To do that, friends, we have to let our hearts be silent, our minds rest in Him. We have to really turn to Him. And so I want to invite you for the next couple moments to invite the Lord to speak into our lives and to give us a space of silence and quiet where the Lord can begin to speak. So join me, will you, in saying, Lord, speak. As the Lord begins to speak with us, we know that we can have trust in the Lord because the Lord speaks deeply into the deep places. The Psalms oftentimes talk about trusting in the Lord and our need to trust in Him in all things. And the Lord delights to hear us when we say back to Him, these are the places where we need you to show up. I would invite you in the next few moments to speak deeply with the Lord about what's challenging in your life, what's causing you some fretfulness or some fear, and what is delighting your heart. Take a few moments, share these things with the Lord.
as we listen to the Lord, as we trust the Lord, we find the Lord is often at work in small ways, in big ways, at all times, all around us. And that leads our hearts to being full of thanksgiving. So would you join me in giving thanks to the Lord? Kind Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity of life. We thank you for the opportunities that we have to worship, connect together. We thank you for the friends that are around us and that encourage us. We thank you that we can be a part of a church where we can hear your words of life and hear about the pathway to life that you have as our hearts are stirred by you. We pray for our world and we know with thankful hearts that you care for it more than we do. And so we entrust it to you. So take our prayers, take our thanksgivings and be blessed and glorified in our hearts, in our lives and in your world. And now friends, would you join me in saying the prayer Jesus taught us when together with one voice we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Giving is a joy when it reflects our passions and the deepest desires of our heart. Most of the people I've ever encountered love to think about the future and they love to make investments in the future, particularly in kids. Today, let's take a listen to Nina, our kids director here at Schweitzer, as she talks about how giving is making a bright future for kids here and all over the world. Hi, I'm Nina, the director of kids ministry here at Schweitzer, and we have lots going on with the kids right now. Every week we have more and more kids coming in person, and we would love if you wanted to join our team and help us there. We also have lots of things going online for you. We have a weekly kids church service that you can check out. It comes out on Wednesdays. And we also have monthly packets that are available online with activities each week to kind of guide you into deeper faith as a family. And you can find those all at sumc.co slash kids. Thanks, Nina, for that great update on the kids ministry. If you'd like to contribute to the ministries of Schweitzer and what God is up to here, you can go to sumc.co slash give and make a contribution. We appreciate all of the faithful giving that, that people are reflecting. Next up is Noteworthy, and they are going to continue to lead us in worship.
This year at Schweitzer, we've had a series of stories called 52 Stories, where we've had people from all generations talk about how God has met them along their path in life. Today, we're going to hear from a young lady by the name of Ellie Rowe, as she talks about the challenges she's faced already in life and how the Lord has been shaping her heart and her passion and showing her the future that she used to walk in. So join me in listening to this story of Ellie Rowe. Um, I've been coming here my whole life and I am in, um, I come here on Sunday mornings for Sunday school. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, in 2016. My parents knew that there was something wrong um, for about two, maybe three weeks, maybe a month. I don't know. I was really sick at the time, so I didn't really keep track of how long it was going on. The week that I had just returned home, I got a visit from um, my school's pastor. I attend Springfield Lutheran School, and the pastor came and um, just sat and talked with me. Um, he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I wanted to be a scientist. So he asked me to go up and grab a tube of toothpaste. I came down, and then he said, squirt it into this bowl. So I did, and they said, great job. Now put it back in. And no matter what I did, I would like, I tried to scoop it up and put it back in. I tried to scrape it out and put it back in. It just wouldn't go in. And he said, that's kind of like you right now. You can't go back to the way things were. You can't get back in that tube of toothpaste. <laughs> um, but you can still fulfill its purpose. Can you still use this toothpaste? And I said, yeah, I can still use it. He said, so yeah, you can still fulfill your purpose in life, even though you can't go back to the way things were. And so I learned that I can't really go back to like not having diabetes, because there isn't a cure for it yet. But I'm doing so great right now, and I'm still fulfilling my purpose in life right now. The next year, my teacher gave the entire class an assignment to write a book. It, um, on like an ABC guide to whatever we want. We could pick the topic and I chose type one diabetes. Then about a year later, my grandpa died and one of his former students came up to us and wanted to, pub and wanted to give my book to his editor. Um, this is the book, ABC Guide to Type One Diabetes. I'm so thankful that God worked in my life. God worked in my life and through the people that I've met to make this book a reality. So I really hope that this book will help people who don't know what diabetes is and will teach them on what you know, so many others go through. And I also hope that if these people are newly diagnosed, that this will help them learn more about it so that they can best take care of themselves. My name is Ellie Rowe, and this is just the beginning of my story. Well, friends, welcome this morning. My name is Spencer, and I'm the pastor. It is so good to, to be with you today. I want to say thank you to Ellie for sharing her story with us. It's so amazing to hear all the different stories of our church over the last uh, this last year as we continue to tell these 52 stories. So thank you, Ellie, for sharing your story. Today, we're going to be starting a new series called Seek First. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says, Seek first His, that is God's kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. If you seek first God's kingdom, first and foremost in your life, everything else is going to fall into place. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about that verse. We're going to talk about what it means to, to seek God's kingdom first. We're going to talk about what comes first in our life. We're going to talk about priorities, uh, and focus, and discipline. We're going to talk about stewardship and idolatry. We're also going to talk about stress and fear and anxiety because that's what happens when you, when you don't seek the right things first. And so uh, today, as we, as we go through this series, we're going we're gonna to be asking this question, um, what comes first place in your life? What is first place in your life? So, so we're going to be asking that question as we work through this today. Now, when Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he, he, he didn't say this out of the blue. Of course, he said this as, 
as part of a, a, a longer sermon that he was giving. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It's the longest recorded sermon that Jesus gives. And, and as he said this line, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, it's, it's not just part of this longer sermon. It's also this section within the sermon that's really about um, priorities and focus and, and, and direction and what it is that you're chasing um, in your life. And so in this series, what we're going to do is each week we're going to start off with this with this line of, of seek first God's kingdom as righteousness. And then, and then we're going to see why is it did, did, that Jesus said this. We're just going to back up in the sermon and see what led to him saying this incredible line, seek first God's kingdom. And, and so we're just going to look at that and, and see why is it that Jesus said this over three weeks as we just build um, this section out more and more and more. So as we start today, we're going to be in Matthew 6, verse 19. This is the start of this section that ends with Jesus saying, seek first God's kingdom. And, and here's how he starts this out. Chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy. Sometimes you might hear that as rust destroy, moths and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Uh, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Right off the bat, Jesus is, is giving us this choice. You're, you're going to build one kind of life. Uh, you're going to either build up a life that chases after treasures on earth, or you're going to build up a kind of life that chases after treasures in, in, in heaven. Uh, two, two kinds of things that you're going you're gonna to live for. Now, as we think about treasures on, on earth, we, we hear this line about how moths and vermin or rust will destroy. It's, these are the, the kinds of things that you build up in your life and you chase after that have a shelf life. They, they have uh, things that will eventually fail you. And, and of course, as you think about treasures on earth, we think about material things that we chase after. You know, treasures on, on earth are certainly when we chase after money or we chase after the, the new car or we chase after the bigger house or the nicer vacation. Certainly those are all treasures on earth that we should be thinking about. But treasures on earth also come bigger than that and, and different than that. They're not always material things. Sometimes treasures on earth can be, can be attitudes that we have that, that in the end, these attitudes have shelf life and they're, they're going to fail us. For instance, I think about what happens to somebody if the most important thing in their life is that um, everybody likes them. That's a treasure on earth. You, you live your life people-pleasing. What, what happens to somebody in, in that kind of way is, well, that attitude that you have, that perspective in life that you have, that, that's going to fail you. Eventually, you're going to get walked on. Eventually, you're going to have to sacrifice convictions. Eventually, you're not going to live your best life. And, and this is what happens when you build treasures on earth, that, that they fail you. So sometimes it's material things. It's the cars. It's the house. It's the vacation. Sometimes it's the immaterial things. It's attitudes that we have maybe people-pleasing, maybe it's how we work for our career, live for, maybe foster wrong kinds of relationships, maybe it's, it's other things entirely, but treasures on earth are those things that when you pursue them and when you chase after them, they will fail you. They have a shelf life. They will let you down. And so Jesus is like, you can, you can live your life chasing after treasure on earth. It's going to let you down, but you could also live your life living for the long term. The long-term perspective here, the long-term thinking here that, that you were created to live eternally. And so you can live your life now even with that perspective of, of eternity. And this is what treasures in heaven are when we live with this eternal perspective of we're going to live forever with Christ. And, and this is when we begin to live and, and live uh, towards that direction. We have a choice. What kind of life are we going to be building? Um, what's going to come first place in our life? What is it that we're going to be pursuing? And so the next, after this, treasures on earth, treasures in heaven, Jesus he says this great line. He says, for where your treasure is, like what is it you're building towards? He says, there your hearts will be also. There your hearts will be also. And of course, whenever Jesus talks about our life, he's always mostly interested in our hearts, on, on who we are on the inside, our character, our ambitions, uh, our, our direction in life. Who are we on the inside? That's what he means by our hearts. And and ultimately what this comes down to is, is the kind of life that you're building, whether it's a treasure on earth kind of life or a treasure in heaven kind of life, it comes down to your heart of, of who are you becoming and, and, and who are you on the inside, what, what drives this. And so in the series, as we go through these three weeks in the series, uh, we, we want to be exploring this question of, of what comes first. And so in your own life, you, you have this, this simple and yet very difficult question I want us to wrestle with today of, of in your own life, what has first place? And as you think about that, that question, what has first place in your life? Like, like that's a simple question, but also incredibly difficult. And, 
And we talk about what has first place in our life. Of course, we're talking about these treasures that we're building towards, the kind of life that we're, we're trying to invest in. This is, this is what has first place in our life. And it's a, it's a simple and yet difficult question to ask what has first place in your life because there's a difference between what we say has first place in our life and then what like actually has first place in our life. Like those are different things. What we say has first place and what, what actually has first place. And it's, and it's easy to begin to, to say something is first place, but in your real life and the way you actually live, uh, you, you're not living with that thing as your priority, as your, as your first place. I mean, to think about it like this, um, there is this word that we use that makes absolutely no sense. It's, it's so illogical. But whenever we talk about what's important to us, this is a word that very quickly emerges in the conversation. I've used it a few times today already. And it's a word that, that we're, we use all the time, but again, it makes no logical sense. And that word is this, uh, priorities. I mean, just think about that word for a second, priorities. Now, the word priorities, it comes from the Latin word uh, prior, which means what comes before, or you, you could say like what comes first. And, and linguists tell us that this word priority is really fascinating, uh, that it emerged in the English language at first, like in the 1400s. And for 500 years, this is so interesting, I think, in 500 years, this word priorities was always used in the singular, priority. Not priorities, priority. And then around the 1900s, the early 1900s, after 500 years using the singular, as, as life got more complicated and, and things changed for, for humanity, in the English language, we started to, to use this word not in the singular, but now in the plural. It was no longer that we had a priority. Now we have priorities, which when you think about it, makes no sense. If the word means what comes first, how in the world can you have multiple things come first? It doesn't make sense that this is, this is what we, we do, but this is what happens uh, when, when we live our life not clear about what has first place in our life. We end up with our life living with lots of things having first place. And when you have lots of things having first place competing for your attention, you are going to lose out on having the right thing be first, having the right thing come first. You're going to be distracted and you're going to chase after the wrong kinds of things because you have too many things that we're chasing after. Let me show you a great example of this from the Bible. Luke chapter 10. Uh, Jesus is coming to have dinner with his friends and, and this is how it goes. I love this story. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 38. It goes like this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, just think about this for a second. Can, can you imagine uh, having Jesus over for dinner? This is what's happening here. Jesus coming over for dinner. Like, can, can you imagine what it would be like to have Jesus come to your home and, and what it would be like to, to open your home to Jesus? Like sometimes people have me over to their homes, maybe for dinner or whatnot, and, and, I, and I can tell it kind of stresses them out a little bit because the pastor's coming for dinner and, and you can tell they like really worked at making sure the house was cleaned up and they want to make sure that banker looked good because the pastor's coming over for dinner and you can tell that they, they put effort to this and they, they, they're like, you know, getting ready for it. They put on the music. They're like, no, 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 not just any music. Put on the Christian music because the pastor's coming over and put away the put away the beer because the pastor's coming over. And I'm just like a normal guy, but imagine what it would have been like if, if with Jesus here, that Jesus is coming over for dinner. How stressed out must they have been? And so Jesus is coming for dinner. They're coming over and, and then Martha's preparing everything. And verse 39 says, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. That's so interesting. As Jesus is coming over for dinner, Mary is, is just with Jesus. She's listening. She doesn't have her phone out. She's not Instagramming about who's over dinner. She doesn't have the TV on. She's just at his feet listening to what he's saying. And then verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She's distracted by all the little things that she has to do. She came to him, to Jesus and said, and asked, Lord, um, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And I imagine Jesus is like, I'm not getting involved in this at all. Actually, he says this, verse 41 says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about, listen to these words here, many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. I want you to catch that. Many, few, one. He goes on, he says, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So Mary has Jesus coming to her house 
and she's distracted by all of the things that she has to do. She's distracted from what's most important because of all of the things that she's allowed to become too important. Jesus says to her, he says, you've you've had competing interests. You had many things, few things, one thing. There's a competing interest here. The the most important thing is not whether the house is clean or whether their dinner is ready or or what it looks like. The most important thing that Jesus is telling her is is that he is here and she is distracted by all of the things that she has allowed to become more important than they really are. And in in the midst of that, she's missed what's most important. She let the many things distract her from the one thing. And this is what happens when we are are distracted. We, we, We allow too many things to become important to us that we miss out on what is actually the most important. Uh, The the Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, he says it like this. He says, purity of heart is to will one thing. It's to be focused on what's actually the most important and then to live your life around that. This is what's actually important. This is how it actually guides you. This is what it is to, to build a treasure in heaven kind of life is to hold what's actually important and let let that be first. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, not second, third, or fourth, or not along with many other priorities. Let this be the thing that grounds your whole life together. But what happens is we get distracted and we start to chase after other kinds of things. I've noticed in my life that that sometimes I go through seasons, sometimes months, where where I, I, I start to feel like I'm not really growing. Um, I'm not really going deep. I'm, I'm not really pushing myself or challenging myself. I'm just kind of doing what's easy. And one time I was in one of those seasons, and I, I, I bet you know what this feels like. I was in one of those seasons, and I was talking to a friend of mine about it, and I was just like, I just feel stuck. And, and my friend, he used this word that I just, I mean, as soon as he said it, it just resonated deeply within me. It's like, that is exactly, that is exactly what's going on. It's like, that's a perfect word to describe the season I'm in. And he said, Spencer, the, the problem, the reason you're stuck is, is you're skimming. You're skimming in life. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's just so perfect because sometimes in life we start to skim where, where we, uh, we just stay on the surface of things. We don't go deep. We don't, we don't challenge ourselves or push ourselves. We just, we just do what's easy. And I bet you know what that feels like because all of us have seasons where we go through this where we just kind of gravitate towards easy and we just stay on the surface and we don't go deep in anything. And, and skimming shows up in all kinds of ways. Sometimes like if you're married, you start to skim in your marriage very easily where the conversations you have with your spouse are, are less about deep and meaningful things and they're more about like what's for dinner or what's on the calendar. You're starting to skim in those kinds of things or you start to skim in your, in your health or you skim in your finances or your skim and work where you just, you do what's the easiest thing to do and you're not pushing yourself or driving yourself. You're just, you're just doing what's, what's easy. You're skimming, staying on the surface. And what I've noticed is that when I have find myself in one of those kinds of seasons where I'm, where I'm just skimming on the surface, what I, what I've noticed is that the common denominator is always that I've been skimming in my relationship with God. It's always that way. When I start to skim in my marriage or at work or in any of my health or anything else, I find that the common denominator is because I've, I've become confused on what's really important. And I've started to skim in my relationship with God. I'm not praying like I should be. I'm not pushing myself in the word. I'm not open to God's direction on a day-to-day basis. I'm just trying to go through the motions and just kind of get through things. But, but when I sacrifice that relationship, what I've learned is everything else around me declines as well. This is what Jesus is saying. When you seek first God's kingdom, when you put this as the priority of your life, everything else falls into place. And so I've learned that skimming becomes an indicator that the wrong things have become too important that I'm chasing after multiple things. I'm distracted like Martha, or maybe I'm just going through the motions or another one of those indicators that I've put the wrong things first and I'm chasing after too many things is, is I get anxious or stressed out or I can become fearful. This is what we're gonna talk about in a couple of weeks when Jesus, he'll talk about this when he, when he speaks of seeking first God's kingdom, that there's indicators that, that I've pushed and I've, I've done the wrong things first. I've, I've done the wrong things first. And so there's all these kinds of ways that, that we begin to live in this way. So what I wanted to do in the series is I wanted us to, to be practical in this. I want to give you some, some helpful, helpful ways, to tools to navigate this because all of us are going to be tempted to put the wrong things first or to put too many things first and to be distracted by what's most important. And so 
I want us to, to have some practical tools in this. And so what I want to offer you today is I want to give you some of the best advice I've ever received. And I don't know where I got this, to be honest with you. This is one of those things that's in my brain. And, and it's something I think about on a regular basis that has helped me stay focused on what is most important. Because there's always temptations to chase after other things. But I want to build a treasure in heaven kind of life. And so this is some advice that has been incredibly helpful for me as I think about the kind of life I'm, I'm, I'm building. So I wanna offer this to you. I don't, again, I don't know where I got this, but this is just a helpful way of, of thinking about life that I honestly, I think about maybe not on a daily basis, but on a regular basis, these words kind of come through my brain because it's so helpful. And so I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how life is a constant choice between what you want now and what you want most. Life is a constant choice between what you want now versus what you want most. It's a constant choice in this because the choice is always going to be to live into what's easy. And what's easy is always going to distract us from what you want actually to have most in your life. The deeper things of life are difficult and they require focus and discipline and you have to work and effort to, to live into these things. If you, if you want to live into the, to the now, then, then you're, you're going to miss out on what God has for you as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Here's a, here's a way to think about this that's been explained to me. I think it's a helpful way to do this. So imagine, imagine that, uh, that you're somebody who has this goal that you wanna have like a beautiful yard, which by the way, that's not me. I'm not a yard guy at all. I'm the guy who's excited when it stops raining because I get to stop mowing. Or in the springtime, I get these flowers that come up in my, in my yard and some people call them weeds, I, dandelions. I, I call them flowers, like I'm not a yard guy, but, but pretend that uh, you're a yard, yard person and, and you've got this, this goal that you wanna have a beautiful yard. And, and you walk out your front door and you wanna go get, get your mail and uh, your mailbox is across your front yard, but to get there, what you have to do is you have to like, go out your front door and then you have to go down the sidewalk and then you gotta go down your driveway and then you go back up the sidewalk and then your yard in order to get your mail. And, and, and you have to do this every day to go get your mail. And, and imagine like you, you start to stand on your front door and you're thinking to yourself, you know, my mailbox is just right there. I, got, I, should, I should just walk across the yard. It's just, it's just right there. And so you have this choice now you're gonna make. What you want most is to have this beautiful yard, but what you want now is just to, you know, walk across the grass and get your, get your mailbox. And, and it's gonna, you know, over time, you know, what you have is you end up with a path, you end up, your grass isn't gonna be as healthy. And, and so you've got this choice. Do I like, do I do it the wrong way or do I just, you know, cross the yard to what I, what I want right now? And this is, this is the, the choice that you make between what I want most versus what I want now. And this shows up in all kinds of ways in life. I mean, let's think about this in a practical way that you start to take shortcuts around what you want most in order to get to what you want now. Let's talk about some of these shortcuts. Let's think about this. Let's say that what you want most is to be fit. You want to feel good. You want to lose weight. You want to sleep well. You want to, you want to feel healthy. Let's say that's your goal. But lunchtime comes and you're really hungry. And so instead of preparing ahead of time for like a healthy lunch, you end up in the fast food line. Well, just like cutting through your grass in your front yard, it's not a problem if you do it once, but what happens when that becomes a habit? Like what you want now has, has been set as your precedence over what you want most. Or, or think about this. Let's say what you want most is like financial freedom. You want to get out of debt. You, you want to have investments and savings. You want to be able to give generously to God. You want to practice a tithe, which is what God teaches us to do. Like that, that's what you want most. Let's say that's what you want most. Well, it's very quickly you, you become shortcuts where you begin to see, well, the, the shortest way, the fastest way for me uh, to go on that vacation is just to put it on my credit card. And now I've sacrificed what I want most for what I want now. There's these constant choices that we have to make between what, what we want most and what we want now. And it's this constant choice that we make between what kind of life are we building? Because the truth is that when you live for what you want most, it is a hard way to live. It requires all kinds of focus and discipline it requires all kinds of effort because you will always be tempted to chase after what's easy. It's easy to skim. It's easy to be distracted. It's easy to have all kinds of things be your priorities. It's hard to live with a singular focus of what's really important in my life. I think about what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul writes about how you have to have this focus if you want to become uh, the, the person who builds a treasure in heaven kind of life. And he says this, he says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. 
run in such a way as to get the prize. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the difference here between a treasure on earth kind of life and a treasure in heaven kind of life. A treasure in earth kind of life is taking shortcuts and it's, it's doing the easiest thing that it can. A treasure in heaven kind of life is understanding this is gonna take strict training and it's gonna take effort and it's gonna take work and it's gonna take focus and it's gonna take discipline for me to live into the person that I want to be most. So there's a constant choice here between what do I want now and what do I want most? And it's this question really that we were asked at the very beginning of this message of when you think about your life, what has first place? What comes in first place? And not what do you say comes in first place, but what actually comes in first place? Not in multiple first places, but what is the most important thing in your life that you're living towards and that you're seeking after? What is it that you're building? What kind of life are you building? A treasure in earth kind of life or a treasure in heaven kind of life? And I think about what Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Everything else is gonna fall into place when you have the right focus first. And so I wonder today, if maybe for you, maybe you've been distracted. Maybe you've been skimming. Maybe you've been settling for not what you want most, but you've been settling for what you want now and you've been taking shortcuts in order to get there. And I wanna encourage you today that there is so much more for you. That when you live into seeking first God's kingdom, there is joy and peace that you will find nowhere else. Now, it's not easy to live into us. The, the easy thing, the temptation is always gonna be to chase after what's easy and what's right before you and to become distracted. But what followers of Christ are called to is something higher and better and to think with an eternal perspective of what God has for us. Treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth, treasures in heaven that he wants to give to us. And so today, I wanna encourage you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Put this as the cornerstone of your life. And when you do that, when, when that is the key to everything that you're living for, everything else is gonna fall into place just as it's supposed to. Let's pray together. So Father, today I thank you that you have given us your son, that we might have life in you. And we just confess that it is easy to be distracted. Uh, it is easy to chase after the wrong things. It is easy to skim, it is, it is easy to choose what we want now instead of what we want most. And, and for the ways that we've been doing this, we wanna ask your forgiveness because this is not the full and abundant life that you have for us. And, and in those places where we've been taking the easy road instead of seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, would you convict our hearts? And would you show us some of the ways that we need to change in order for you to be the cornerstone of our life. Because when we seek you first, we hear the promise that everything else is gonna fall into place. We thank you and we love you for how you have loved us. In the name of Jesus, we pray today, amen. Cause he's more than enough 
a needle I'll give thanks to God When I don't have enough Cause it's more than enough And He knows what I need In the silence I choose to Working in the waiting Though the future isn't clear to me I trust you anyway Oh, every breath I breathe An invitation to believe You are creating something This season doesn't tell my story I know you'll move mountains for me You're just that good So I'll give thanks to God When I don't have enough Cause He's more than enough And He knows what I need So I'll give thanks to God When I don't have enough Cause he's more than enough And he knows what I need yeah. Why do I worry? Why do I worry? Why do I worry? God knows what I need It has been so good to join together and worship today. I want to say thank you to people who made this happen. I want to say thank you to, to, to Jason and to Stephanie, to, to Ellie for sharing her story, for the ladies of Noteworthy to lead us in, in music today, as well as for KJ. This is always a team effort. I want to say thank you to your leadership. You're making a real difference in our church. Um, if this has been helpful for you as you think through priority and what is it that has first place in your life, if you want to share this with someone else, I want to encourage you to do that, challenge you to do that because this is the, the easiest, one of the best ways that we can share this good news message of Jesus is when we share this with folks. You can do it through Facebook, social media, emailing the link. It's lots of ways that you can do this, but, but who could you share this message with to, to encourage uh, others to put the right things first in their life? We're going to continue this series next week. I can't wait to share it with you. Have a great week.